So this is the rahmat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, through sending durood upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah ta'ala will send his rahmat on us. Allah ta'ala will forgive us also. So let us make it a duty that on a daily basis we send durood and salam. This is a reminder for each one of us that this will be a means of attracting the rahmat and the mercy of Allah ta'ala, especially in these times. That we find that now today and nowadays that we're living in very, very difficult times. We're living in times that are very, very uncertain. Everybody is worried. Everybody is concerned. Uh, what's happening around the entire world? Uh, everybody is worried about safety, security, instability, the political condition of the country, uh, the economic condition of the country. Everybody is in parasha. Uh, no matter who the person may be, whether it's a wealthy person, whether it's a poor person, it's affecting everybody across the board. And everybody is worried and concerned that what is going to happen. So we're living in very, very uncertain times. And we find, if you look at our Akabirin, that whenever they were faced with any challenges, whenever they were faced with any difficulties, any problems, whether it was regard to their personal and private life, or whether it was the community that they were living in, or whether it was the country or globally, any difficulties, any worries, any uncertainties would arise, that immediately they would turn their tawajjuh and their gaze on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, they would resort to dua, tawbah, ittikhfar, sadaqah, all these means and ways of attracting the mercy and the rahmat of Allah ta'ala. And we find some of our pious people also that they would resort to sending durood and salams and praises upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to earn the rahmat and attract the mercy of Allah ta'ala. So this is one way also of earning and attracting and drawing the rahmat of Allah ta'ala, the mercy of Allah ta'ala. Especially when you are going through these uncertain times. That every way, every means in adopting should be adopted to earn the rahmat and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we make dua that Allah Ta'ala protects each and one of us through His Rahmat and through His mercy, protects our Iman first, which is very, very important. Because together with all these things that are happening, uh, there's an attack against a person's Iman as well. So Allah Ta'ala first must protect our Iman. Allah Ta'ala must protect our belongings, our wealth, our property, our family, everything, our A'mal, our Mal, and our Iman also. So all these things, Allah Ta'ala must make hifazat and protect us. So we find that one way of earning the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala, attracting the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, is by praising Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That is why we just recited now the hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That person says one durood, he gets ten blessings, ten rahmat from Allah Ta'ala. Ten of his sins are forgiven. This is the time where we have to make excessive tawbah and istighfar. We find that Allama Busayri Rahimahullah, a very, very famous scholar, pious person, uh, at the time when he was in a condition, in a difficulty, where he had a stroke, and he was going through this challenge and this difficulty of a stroke, and then he started rising this famous qasida that we all know as qasida Burda Sharif. Uh, in praises, praising Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa speaking about the sifat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the quality, the akhlaq, the character of Rasulullah sallallahu praising Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in this qasida of his. And through this, and the mercy of Allah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala to the barakat of this, attracted the mercy of Allah ta'ala, and he had a stroke, and Allah ta'ala had cured him from earning the rahmat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially in his times of difficulty and uncertainty. One scholar by the name of Abu Bakr Tahir, Rahmatullah alayhi, that he mentions also uh, that Allah Ta'ala, that Zayyana Allahu Rasulahu Muhammadan Bizinati Rahmah. 
that Allah Ta'ala beautified Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to the beautification of Rahmah. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was a Rahmat, Rahmatul Bil Alameen. That this is a way that we can use to earn the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. Beautified Rasulullah with the beautification of Rahmah. And if you look at the life of Rasulullah that Allah Ta'ala had blessed Nabi Sallallahu with so many qualities. So many qualities. The akhlaq of Rasulullah the beauty of Rasulullah so many sifat of Rasulullah but we find an outstanding quality of Rasulullah overwhelming quality of Rasulullah was the rahmat and the mercy that he had to this ummah. How much through his barakat, Allah Ta'ala sends his rahmat and his mercy. Just for us to understand how fortunate we are that we are in the ummah of Rasulullah Nadar bin Harith, some say it was Abu Jahal, the time in the time in Makkah Sharif, that Nadar bin Harith was a person of Makkah, Quraysh, of Makkah, and he was an open enemy of Islam. He was one of those people who were in the forefront, the forerunners against Islam. His hatred and his animosity towards Rasulullah, the Muslims and Islam, it was unmatched. He, Abu Jahl and company, these were the people that could not tolerate the Muslims. And Allah Ta'ala, with all this, Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with abundance of wealth. He was a businessman. Explaining one incident, that how Allah Ta'ala, through Rasulullah Sallallahu is a rahmat, how we can Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So he says he was a wealthy businessman, Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with a lot of wealth. But his heart was full of kufr, kufr full of shirk. He hated Islam, and Nabi Sallallahu was calling the people, giving him da'wah towards Islam. That he was one of the main people in front, the obstacles against Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nevertheless, he used to travel to Sham, to Syria on business trip. He was a wealthy businessman, he blessed him with a lot of wealth. So he used to make this journey to Syria, Sham on business trips. And when he used to go there, then the ulama, the scholars, the learned people of the Torah and the Injil, he used to sit in their company and he used to listen to their stories and the incidents that they would relate from the Torah and the Injil, the people of the past. All those incidents that took place in the past, in the previous prophets, etc. From these scholars of the Torah and the Injil. And then he would return and come back to Makkah. And then he would listen to the incidents that Rasulullah would recite, would, would relate. Quran Sharif speaks about the people of the past, Ad, Thamud, etc. Allah Ta'ala gives many, many examples of nations of the past. What was their mistakes they had committed? What was their outcome? What How the, the punishment of Allah Ta'ala had descended upon them, etc. So he used to listen to the scholars of the Torah and the Injil in Sham, and then he would come to Makkah, and he would listen to what Nabi Sallallahu was narrating to the people with regards to the incident of the past as well, through Wahi and Quran Sharif, etc. And he would find that whatever Rasulullah Sallallahu was narrating and telling and informing the people, was exactly the same as the scholars of Sham, they would narrate the exact same incident. Meaning what was mentioned in the Torah was the exact, exact same thing that Rasulullah was also mentioning with regards to the people of the path. So there were similarities, there were the same thing. So he understood that this was the truth. There was no difference. He had no argument. But when a person's heart is filled with kufr, with shirk, with animosity, with hatred, with pride, it's very hard for him to accept. 
This becomes a means of a barrier and an obstacle towards the truth. He can hear it for himself, he can see it for himself, he's hearing it from Nabi ﷺ directly, but he's not prepared to accept. What does he do? He goes to Baytullah, to the Kaaba Sharif, he takes his heart and he presses it, attaches it to the Kaaba. Remember at that time, although they did not accept Nabi ﷺ, but they understood that the Kaaba was the house of Allah. They understood that the Kaaba was a sacred place. That is why at the time when they were reconstructing the Kaaba, when Nabi Islam was a youngster at that time, when they made announcements now that we're rebuilding the Kaaba, that the Nabi Islam was not yet a prophet, the Buddha hadn't, the Salat hadn't come to Nabi Islam as yet, that they made the announcement, we're reconstructing the Kaaba, that everybody must donate. But one condition was, it must be halal money. No haram money must be put here. Because this is the house of Allah. So they understood that the Kaaba is the house of Allah, is a sacred place. With all the kufr and shirk, so he puts his heart, he attaches his heart, his chest, puts it against the Kaaba. And now he tells Allah Ta'ala, and he addresses Allah Ta'ala, and he says, إِنْ كَانَ هَذَا هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِكَ فَأَمْطِرْ عَلَيْنَا حِجَارَةً مِنَ السَّمَاءِ What this is now, speaking to Allah Ta'ala. إِنْ كَانَ هَذَا هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِكَ Referring to what he has heard from Rasulullah with regards to Quran, Wahi, Tawheed, Risalat. This was the da'wah that Nabi was giving the people. Now he's referring to this. If what Nabi is saying, he's addressing Allah Ta'ala, putting his heart against the Kaaba, he's saying, Nabi is talking about worshipping one Allah, Tawheed. He's talking about Risalat, that I am the final Nabi of Allah. He's talking about Quran. He's talking about Akhirat. He's talking about Iman. He's talking about a person who passes Iman who going to Jannat. Those who deny and dis- do not accept Iman and pass away in Kufar and Shirk, they're going to burn in the fire of Jahannam forever. So he knows all this. He's heard all this from Nabi Sallallahu So it is true and it's from you. Imagine. Imagine his audacity, challenging his bravery, telling Allah. If this all is from you, then he says, فَأَمْتِرْ عَلَيْنَا حِجَارَةً مِنَ Then send open the heavens and send down the rains of stone upon us. Imagine, the audacity, the cheek, the challenge to Allah Ta'ala. That if this is truth, then send open the heavens and send it down. Not prepared to accept. When a person's heart has kufr and is adamant, is not prepared to listen, Allah Ta'ala seals that person's heart also. And he challenges Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَأَمْتِرْ عَلَيْنَا حِجَارَةً مِنَ السَّمَاءِ To send down the rain of stones and pebbles rain it upon us. To understand, it's like a parent, a father, reprimanding his child, you got a disobedient child, shouting his child, reprimanding his child, don't do this. I'm going to give you a one-two shot. If you do this, don't do this. Directing and guiding his child. It's a disobedient child. Now imagine that child now stands up to his father and tells his father, do what you want to do. Hit me with the stick, hit me with the whip, slap me, do what I don't care. Challenging, do what you want to do, what can you do? Let's see what you can do. Now imagine what goes to the heart of that father. That my son is standing up to me, he's challenging me, challenging my authority. This is Nadar bin Haris. That challenging Allah Ta'ala's authority. Who is Allah Ta'ala? Malik al-Mulk. Creator, the owner of everything. That your very existence is because of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is in control of you. The air you are breathing, the food that you are eating, the wealth that you are enjoying is from Allah Ta'ala, yet you are standing up to Allah Ta'ala. So he says, 
فَأَمْتِرْ عَلِيْنَا حِجَارَةً مِنَ السَّمَاءِ And what is the response? His reply, Allah Ta'ala in Quran says, He's challenging anyone who immediately send the punishment upon that person. What Allah Ta'ala coming back, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how fortunate we are. The response and the reply to this Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ That Allah, He's challenging Allah to send His azab and His punishment. Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ That Allah Ta'ala will not send His azab and His punishment as long as you owe Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that you are in their presence. This is Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That just the mere presence of Rasulullah Sallallahu even the kuffar, the mushrikeen, those who are against Rasulullah Sallallahu they benefited from his rahmat and from his presence. That Allah Ta'ala would help his azab, person challenging Allah Ta'ala, because of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ Now imagine, Qazi Ayyaz Rahmatullah Ali, he mentions on this point, that the presence of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi that time Allah Ta'ala speaks about, وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ that whilst you are in their presence, Allah Ta'ala will not send His punishment and His azab upon them. Yet they are asking, they are calling for it. Qazi Ayyad Rahmatullah Ali says on this, وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ That we may ask the question, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not in our presence, is not here with us. At that time, he was a source of rahmat, a shield of protection for the people of the time. Allah did not send His azab. Even the kuffar benefited from that. So Qazi Ayyad Rahmatullah Ali says on this, وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ the Nabi sallallahu is not in our presence today. But this also applies to the way and the lifestyle and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu That if we adopt the lifestyle of Rasulullah if we adopt the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu if our way of life, whether it's in our homes, whether it's in the public, whether it's in private, whether it's in business, in whatever field that we are in, that if we adopt the lifestyle of Rasulullah sallallahu and we bring the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu in our lives, then wa fihim, then we will also be under the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will also draw and accept the rahmat and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like how at that time, Nadar bin Haris is asking for the, for the, for the punishment from Allah ta'ala. But wa fihim, Allah will not submit. And he does not go, he goes further on to say this. عَلَيْنَا حِجَارَةً مِنَ السَّمَاءِ And he says, أَوِئْتِنَا بِعَذَابٍ عَلِيمٌ أَوِئْتِنَا بِعَذَابٍ عَلِيمٌ That send your severe punishment also. Even if God don't send the stones from the heavens on us, then send the severe punishment, whatever it is also, send it. We are prepared and ready for it. Now imagine what a challenge this person is making. But the presence of Rasulullah was sufficient. Sunnah of Rasulullah The lifestyle of Rasulullah The what mercy will we attract from Allah Ta'ala? What rahmat we will attract from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? Abu Bakr Tahir Rahmatullah says, وَكَانَ كَوْنُهُ That Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَكَانَ كَوْنُهُ رَحْمَةً That just his mere presence was sufficient to draw the rahmat and the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. His presence, even before his nubuat, how fortunate, we just trying to make ourselves understand who we are. We are the ummatis of that same Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi We have iman, we have risalat, deen Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Yet, Nabi Sallam was sufficient for their protection in this world. Now we know what is happening around us. Our solution lies in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Our problems, our worries. It is mentioned that even before the advent of Rasulullah sallam becoming a Nabi, when he was a young child, his grandfather Abdul Muttalib, he mentioned one incident around Baytullah. Abdul Muttalib was also making tawaf around the Kaaba. 
And this one person making tawaf, he says that people were making dua in whatever way to Allah Ta'ala, they were making tawaf. Remember Nabi Islam is a small child. And they are asking for whatever their needs are, they are asking. But he says, I found this one, that he is making this dua, Oh Allah, that return my rider Muhammad to me. Return my rider Muhammad to me. And remove my pain and help me by returning him to me. Help me by returning him to me. So this person found it very, very strange. Everyone is making dua, forgiveness, whatever it may be. This person is telling Allah Ta'ala, return my rider to me. And help me by returning this person. So after tawaf, everything is over. He goes to the people and asks, what's happening here? Who's this person? What, what is he asking for? So they explain to him that this is Abdul Muttalib. And he's making dua and he's asking Allah Ta'ala to return his rider. Why? Because before this, Abdul Muttalib, it was a habit of his was too difficult to accomplish. And people could not, he could not accomplish any task, it was too big. Then he found that if he had given it to Nabi Wasallam at that time was a small child, that same difficult task which he or anyone else could not accomplish. He found, he realized that if I give it to this child, Muhammad Wasallam, a small boy, then that task would get accomplished. He would accomplish, he found it a very, very outstanding feature. So he realized there's something special in this child. So he says, He's making this dua that Allah return this rider. Why? Because at that time some of his camels had, had lost some of his camels. They had wandered away and he could not find his camels. So he had given this task to this child, small boy, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa his grandson, to go and look for this, for his camels. And now he's making dua that Allah ta'ala must return him because some time has gone by, he hasn't returned. So Allah bring back this rider, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he says, you haven't even finished discussing this whole incident. And they see the small child Muhammad sallallahu is coming holding the reins of the camel that is coming into the Haram Sharif. So then this we realize, and we have to ask ourselves, at that time there was no Quran, there was no Hadith, there was no Wahi, there was no Risalat. Nabi sallallahu alayhi a young small child. But Abdul Muttalib understood and realized that if he placed any task, any difficulty, to the Prophet at that time a small child, his tasks, his problems, his worries will get resolved. Now imagine you and I, who understand very well, we have Quran in front of us, we have the Sunnah of Rasulullah in front of us. Imagine you and I now, if we adopt the Sunnah of Rasulullah then what will be the problem for Allah Ta'ala to remove our worries and problems and difficulties? To take care of our affairs, our problems. The mere presence of Rasulullah is sufficient for those people. Today we got the entire lifestyle of Rasulullah in front of us. From the time the child is conceived, till a person passes away, from the time we get up in the morning, till the time we go to sleep, the life of Rasulullah is in front of us. We don't have to look anywhere else. So this is the first thing that we have to understand, that the solutions to our problems, whatever it may be, whether it's the instability of this country, whether it's the problem of safety and security, whether it's the problem with the economic crisis of the country or the political crisis of the country. One is people are telling us we need to stock up, we need to do this, we need to do that. Those are all precautionary measures. But the solutions to the problems, we have it. Adopting the sunnah, Allah Ta'ala will not send His punishment. This is the first part. 
the solution to our problem. And the ayat continues after that. Two things we adopt. One we discussed in detail. Two things we adopt. Adopt the lifestyle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the second thing Allah Ta'ala tells us in Quran, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ مُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ That as long as you make tawbah and istighfar, Allah Ta'ala will not send His azab and His punishment. Allah Ta'ala will not send difficult conditions. Allah Ta'ala will remove problems and difficulties. As long as we make tawbah and istighfar. Each one of us know what we are going through. What's happening in our life? What is the position in our life? Hazrat Nuh entire surah we find speaks about calling his people towards the oneness of Allah, Tawheed, Risalat, obeying Allah Ta'ala. More than 950 years, but his people disobeyed. قَالَ رَبِّ إِنِّي دَعُوتُ قُومِ لَيْلًا وَنَهَارًا فَلَمْ يَزِدْهُمْ دُعَائِي إِلَّا فِرَارًا وَإِنِّي كُلَّمَا دَعُوتُهُمْ لِتَغْفِرَ لَهُمْ The entire incident is described in the Quran Sharif. They put their fingers in their ears. They did not want to hear about Allah and Rasul Sallallahu They ran, they fled away from Him. But after all that, after all that disobedience, that we as the Ummah also we don't become despondent. We are an Ummah that does not lose hope. What does he tell his people? What does he tell his people? فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا That after all what you have done, whatever you have done, the disobedience, the pride, the arrogance, all these things, he says, فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا That seek, make tawbah, ask for forgiveness. Allah is غَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah is غَفَّارُ الظُّنُومُ Allah Ta'ala will forgive all your sin. And when a person will adopt this, he will adopt Tawbah and make istighfar. And he will turn towards Allah, adopting the lifestyle of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then Allah Ta'ala continues, فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا What will happen after that? يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا وَيُمْدِدُكُمْ بِأَمْوَالِ وَبَنِينَ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا Allah Ta'ala will change conditions for us to understand in a nutshell. Allah Ta'ala will change halats. يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا Allah Ta'ala will open the heavens and rahmat and blessings of Allah Ta'ala will descend. Allah Ta'ala will give us abundance. وَيُمْدِدْكُمْ بِأَمْوَانِ وَبَنِينَ Allah Ta'ala will increase our mal. Allah Ta'ala will increase our wealth. Allah Ta'ala will increase our progeny. All these things people are worried and concerned about. What's going to happen? With regards to my property, my assets, my life, my family. Allah Ta'ala is telling us here, securing everything of ours. What? Tawbah and Iqfar. So these are the two things we have to adopt. That Allah Ta'ala will change our precautionary measures. It's extremely important. But together with that, we have to look and look into our lives. That which life have we adopted in our life? Today we go for Umrah, we go for Hajj. We're standing in front of the Rose Mubarak of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And people now, they want to take selfies with the, with the Rosa Mubarak behind them. This is totally haram, it's not permissible. They want their picture and their body and their face to be in the presence of the Rosa Mubarak. But we have to ask ourselves, if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stand in front of us, we're talking about adopting the lifestyle of Rasulullah sallallahu is the solution to our problems. That if we have to stand next to Rasulullah sallallahu we want our picture and our face to be next to the Rosa Mubarak on the photo. But we have to ask ourselves, if Rasulullah sallallahu is to stand in front of us, 
then how much of my face resembles the face of Rasulullah How much of my lifestyle resembles the lifestyle of Rasulullah Is my ratalat to Rasulullah So these are the questions we have to ask ourselves. Why things are not changing? Because my lifestyle is contrary to the lifestyle of Rasulullah the people of the past understood this. Abdul Muttalib, who did not even know about the Muslim being a Nabi of Allah at that time, was a young, that my problems and my solutions is in this child. Allah Ta'ala grant each one of us tawfiq, especially in these times of uncertainty and difficulties. That we look and we adopt the lifestyle of Rasulullah in our businesses, in our homes, uh, whether we are at home, whether we are out of the home, with our families, with our friends, with our associates, that we put the lifestyle of Rasulullah in front of us. And then we will see how this place became a place of rahmat, a place of mercy, a place a person will enjoy without any problems and difficulties. Allah Ta'ala.